Titus, we're going to look at chapter 2. And what is wonderful is there in your pew rack, you have a brand new Bible. So uh, you can take that out. It's the English Standard Version, and it's a wonderful Bible. It's uh, the one that Brother Scott preaches from. So I'm going to use this translation also tonight. And so if you would, take your Bible and look with me to Titus chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10. And it says this, But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They're to teach what is good and to train and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Verse 6, likewise urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may not be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bondservants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They're to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. As Mark said, Brother Scott and his family are having some flu issues, so uh, I'm teaching tonight from Titus 2, uh, 1 through 10. Please pray for uh, Brother Scott and Carly and Jane and Scott the Third and Everett as they recover. Uh, they, some of them have a little fever going on, so they need our prayers. Since it's been several weeks uh, uh, with Christmas and New Year's and special events that have been so wonderful during this season, uh, let us review about Titus as a reminder. Titus is a New Testament book, as we know, written by Paul to the, the apostle to Titus, who is a Greek follower of Jesus and a co-worker with Paul. Paul had preached and established home churches on the island of Crete, which is off the coast of Greece. Crete was an island which had mercenary soldiers who fought for a price. Its cities were unsafe, had violence, and sexual corruption. Cretans had the reputation of lying. Their very name, Cretan, was associated as liars. Paul quoted one of their Greek poets who said, All Cretans are liars, vicious beasts, and lazy gluttons. The churches had the leadership infiltrated with leaders who assimilated the church with Greek gods, specifically Zeus. Zeus's character was that he seduced women and was a liar. Cretans claimed that Zeus was born on Crete and the church leaders were mixing Zeus with the Christian God. So there was a mixture of falsehood and truth. 
Paul's charge to Titus was to go and appoint new leaders who did not uphold Jewish myths or do it for money as a means of salvation. The homes of the Cretans and the believers were wrecks. The message of the gospel was consequently being discredited and not attractive. Titus was to get rid of the false leaders, uphold the truth of the gospel, and demonstrate that the gospel in godly living and to establish the grace of God in the churches which were to do the same. Would you join me again in prayer? Father, as we look into your word tonight, we invite the Holy Spirit, the great teacher, to come and instruct us in all truth. Father, we pray for the Holy Spirit to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment and reveal the grace of God in Christ Jesus even more clearly to all of us. We do pray, Father, as we sang, that you would open our eyes, open our ears to hear so we can see and hear and open our understanding in our hearts to your word. Put a guard before my lips, Lord, I ask, and only speak the words you'd have me to speak and glorify your son, Jesus. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Paul said this to Titus, but as for you, but as for you, Titus 2, verse 1, but as for you, communicate the behavior that goes with sound teaching. To understand the context, let's look back at Titus 1, verse 16, the last verse in Titus 1, which says, they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit, for any good work. Paul tells Titus, the cur current Cretan leaders are hypocrites. They profess to know God, but deny him by their works. Their works didn't show their faith. Paul says, but as for you, Titus, Titus, you're to be different. Communicate the behavior that goes with sound teaching. Believe what you live, and live what you believe. This was Paul's charge to Titus. I loved our former church logo, which some of you, I'm sure most of you remember, and it's still on some of the sides of our buses that says, real people serving the real God. I love that. We at Lone Oak First Baptist Church are to be a church of people who are real, we're not perfect. We're sinners saved by grace, but we serve a perfect God who is real. We strive to demonstrate the real God by being real people who believe and live the Word of God. Now, there were households of faith in Crete, and Titus was charged to not only demonstrate sound doctrine, but to teach it. First of all, he was to teach the older men. Titus 2.2 says this, Older men are to be temperate, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. First of all, temperate. The older men were to be temperate. By definition, this means to be moderate, not excessive, 
moderate in indulgence, to be cool and calm. That's what the older men were to be. Benjamin Franklin said this, be sober and temperate and you will be healthy. The Cretans, they were intemperate. And Paul said to the older men, they are to be cool and calm. We, like the Cretans, live in a society of intemperance. We get mad at McDonald's when the takeout line is too long, takes it real a slow process to give us our Big Mac and fries, which are, of course, supersized. The older men, rather, are to be temperate. But we live, like the Cretans, in an intemperate society. Secondly, they were to be dignified. I love that word, dignified. It means to be noble, invested with dignity, to be good, worthy of honor. Older men are to be dignified. One of the greatest examples of this is Garvis Douglas. Garvis is Jeff Wallace's father-in-law and Cecilia's dad, who served on the IMB mission field in Thailand and Paris, France, and other places for many, many years. He taught here in school in Paducah also for many years. He was one of the most dignified men I've ever met. He always wore a tie, usually a suit with a vest. He was a gentleman and exemplified dignity. I know it wasn't just his outward dress that gave him that quality, that characteristic, but his deep love and commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was noble, invested, and dignity, good, worthy of honor, inside and out. Men, you are to be dignified. Also self-controlled. The older men, Paul said, Titus, make sure they are self-controlled. We will see uh, this quality repeated not only for older men, but for also for older women as well as younger women and for men. It'll be repeated in this passage of Scripture at least four times. To be self-controlled is a quality that older men were to have. In Cretan society as well as in our society, and I trust you would certainly agree, we lack self-control. Individuals, unfortunately, murder one another, men, women, children in our homes, in our cities, in our schools. Individuals drive vehicles into spectators, destroying and maiming lives and property. Our society gives the explanation that those individuals suffer mental issues. I have no doubt that they certainly do and need help. But reality is that our society, as well as the Cretan society, lack self-control. If you don't control yourself, something or someone else will control you. 
Paul instructed Titus, live by the power of the Holy Spirit and demonstrate self-control. Galatians 5.22, it's a wonderful scripture, and it says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self-control. Paul also instructed Titus to say, let these older men be sound in faith, love, and endurance. In other words, exemplify 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1, which says, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. You and I certainly know you can't be sound in faith without being sound in God's Word. So many times I talk with Christians, pray with Christians, counsel Christians that they're not sound in their faith. They don't know what they believe. I'm thankful that we are part of a church that emphasizes the teaching and preaching of God's Word and to instruct and to inspire you to be in God's Word so that you can have a firm foundation so that when the storms come, which they do, you'll be able to stand, stand firm. So often, so many times are devastated, families are devastated because they don't have that firm foundation. I've shared this with you in times of the past. I'll share it again real quickly. When I got out of the Army, I settled in Washington, D.C., and I had studied engineering when I was in college. So I went to work for an engineering firm out of Baltimore and we worked in Washington, D.C. And what I did, what my job was, was to inspect foundations. So I went to, from construction site to construction site. I worked on all kinds of different things throughout the city and in the area. And what they would do when they're building a, a big building, a skyscraper or anything like that, they would drill what is called caissons. Caissons are basically a hole in the ground uh, like this, and it's belled out at the bottom. Some of them 120 feet deep, 24 inches wide to 36 inches wide. And my job was to get lowered down 120 feet on a little, uh, little plank uh, with, on the end of a, a crane to inspect that hole to make sure that caisson was drilled straight, not crooked, and that it did not have any water leaks or cave-ins or anything of that nature. That was my job. It was exciting <laughs> and dangerous. But sometimes our foundations have water leaks and we have cave-ins because we haven't dug deep enough to make sure our foundation is solid. So we need to be people, and that's what Paul is telling Titus, make sure they're sound in faith being sound in God's Word. Then he instructs about older women. He says, Older women likewise are exhibit behavior fitting for those who are holy, not slandering, not slaves to excessive drinking, but teaching what is good. The older women were to exhibit, to demonstrate, to example fitting behavior. Older women are to be holy. 
live a life of purity, devotion to God, and his word. My mother-in-law is 92 years old. We call her Mama Joyce. Now, Mama Joyce is one of the most dignified, holy ladies I've ever met, and she told me to tell you that. <laughs> she didn't really. She is the matriarch of our family. She watches three Bible studies every day, every day. She takes communion every day. You don't sit down at Mama Joyce's table to eat without first saying a blessing of thanksgiving to the Lord Jesus Christ. She's a faithful member of Lone Oak First Baptist Church. She pays her tithes. And she reminded me recently that Hank is her favorite preacher. It's interesting that she didn't say that about me, her son-in-law. In the 48 years that I've known Mama Joyce and been part of her family, she has exemplified what it means to be holy, living a life of purity and devotion to our God. I'm thankful for her. Older women are to teach. Verse 3 says, teach what is good. They're to teach younger women. Verse 4 also says, train young women. Not just teach, but train. That is, make an investment in the lives and families of young women. By the older women giving their time to serve and to teach, and thus to train young women. Then he addresses young women and he says this, the older women were to teach and train younger women, and this is what they were to learn and to be taught. First of all, to love their husbands and children. Secondly, again, that word, be self-controlled. Thirdly, be pure. Fourthly, working at home. That doesn't mean that you cannot work outside the home, but their primary function and duty, first and foremost, is to their home, their husbands and their children. To be kind, what a wonderful attribute. And to be submissive to their own husbands. Being submissive as an equal child of God. Not a hierarchy in the family, but everyone's equal in the eyes of the Lord. But they are to be submissive and honoring their husbands as head of the household, and in so doing, honor Christ as the head of the family. That was the charge, to be taught and to be trained. Why? That the Word of God is not reviled. In Crete, the homes did not exemplify Christ-centeredness, which caused the Word of God to be a reproach. Isn't that sad? Young men, he addressed that in verse 6, says, encourage younger men likewise to be self-controlled. There's that charge again about self-control. Young or old, male or female, you and I are to be self-controlled. Control your actions, control your temper, control your habits, control your life. 
Titus was to be the example, and Paul told him that. Paul instructed Titus in verse 7, showing yourself to be an example of good works in every way. In your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and a sound message that cannot be criticized so that any opponent will be at loss because he has nothing evil to say about us. What an example. Show yourself, Titus, Paul told him. You are to show yourself. Titus, you aren't to proclaim, do what I say, but rather, do as I do. Be an example. Paul said in Philippians 3.17, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. So Titus had a charge, a responsibility. He was to pass that along to the Cretan churches for them also, not only in their individual lives, but in their families to be examples of all of that. Be an example of good works in every way. Teaching, show integrity, dignity, a sound message that cannot be criticized. 2 Timothy 2.15 says this, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Lastly, Paul addresses bond servants. Bond servants. He tells Titus this. Bond servants in verse 9 are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering or stealing, but showing all good faith. The tendency... Although the bond servants in the churches of Crete were treated and considered equal to everyone else, they were warned not to take their freedom as a license in being disrespectful, nor to steal, but to show good faith. They were to do so for this reason. Verse 10, in order to bring credit to the teaching of God, our Savior, in everything. In everything in my life, hopefully in your life, we're to bring credit to the teaching of God, our Savior. That was the charge that Titus was to give to the churches of Crete. The qualities of leadership, which Paul instructed Titus to exemplify and teach, as well as to place leaders in the churches of Crete with the same characteristics of integrity, which were to be demonstrated in their homes, was for the purpose that the Word of God not be maligned. The people of Crete were not attracted to their message because the Cretan churches were not living what they preached. Our challenge is the same. We need to be a real church serving the real God. Perhaps tonight you might identify with the Cretans. Your life is maligning the truth. 
the truth of the gospel. Perhaps even bringing it discredit. The good news and the ultimate message of the book of Titus is God's grace. God's grace can save you. God's grace can transform your life. God's grace can change your family. God's grace is available to you right here, right now, tonight. All you have to do is receive it by faith. Would you pray with me? Father, tonight we come before your throne of grace to receive mercy and find help in time of need. We thank you for the truth of the Word of God. We thank you for the example of Scripture. We thank you for the warning of Scripture, for the challenge of Scripture. Lord, none of us are exempt. We thank you, Father, that it's a light that searches our very hearts and our very souls. Lord, your word says, examine yourself. Lord, let us examine ourselves tonight and say whether or not we're in the grace of God or not. If not, I pray, Father, that tonight someone here that might not know or someone online who might not have received that grace will accept it by saying, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for my sin, that you were buried and rose from the dead. I repent of my sins. I open the door to my heart, and I ask you to come in. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord. Lord, thank you for the grace abounding in Christ. And Lord, for those here and us here that might need to, to say, Lord, uh, my life hasn't been exemplifying. I need to demonstrate the self-control that is available to me through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in me. Lord, forgive me for not doing that. Lord, we thank you for your amazing, amazing grace. And Lord, that you stand with open arms to welcome all of us into your presence as a great homecoming. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Tonight, I ask you to stand. If you'd like to come forward, if you need prayer, or you need to confess or receive God's grace, please do so.